0: Time now for Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast on 101
1: ESPN. And that's lifted down the left field line near the foul pole. With that point, you felt pretty good, didn't you? In the doubleheader, Cardinals were rolling. They won 12-2 in game number one of the doubleheader, and they lost game two by the final of 6-3. Welcome into Scoops with Danny Mac. My name is Dan McLaughlin, and the audio courtesy of Fox Sports Midwest. And the Cardinals, they were ready to go to three games above five hundred for the first time in the 2020 season. Instead, they're two games above five hundred in Cincinnati coming to town. And you can see the game, 6.30 pregame on Fox Sports Midwest. Adam Wainwright will go for the St. Louis Cardinals. Luis Castillo going for the Reds. Castillo, surprisingly, is 1-5. in five, And Wainwright has had just a, an incredible season. So he's back on the mound for the Cardinals tonight. Scott Manziara is our producer, engineer, co-host, whatever you want to call yourself, Scotty. What do you? What, I don't care. That's a
2: great title for me right there.
1: I mean, it's whatever you feel maybe utility man that's perfect for me 65780 the air comfort service text line if you want to jump in on some of the topics that we have going so let's start with game one so the cardinals hit five home runs four of them are two run shots goldschmidt homers on his 33rd birthday that was a solo home run jack flaherty went five innings struck out the side in the first inning looked pretty good I think we put way too much into his starts and expect him to be perfect. He wasn't perfect. He was fine. Got through five innings. Bullpen
3: made it stick. And Flaherty
1: afterwards talked about his performance.
3: I mean, it's a game of adjustments. It's a game of, you know, game to game, making adjustments, inning to inning, making adjustments. I haven't really made those subtle adjustments in game that I need to, to you know, make little changes or it's taken too long to, to make those changes. So, um, you know, it's just continuing to work day in, day out. Use, use the days, one through four. You know they matter and continuing to use those and um you know, at the end of the day going with your process and continuing to, to work um and then trusting your stuff on, on that last day
1: so catching jack flaherty in game number one was yadier molina Yadier Molina hits a home run on Roberto Clemente day, which is pretty cool. And those two have a, a good friendship going and they have a, a symmetry going too. the battery between those two. And Jack Flaherty talked about that as well after the game.
3: Yeah. I mean, he's, uh, you know, as the years have gone on, we've developed a better relationship and, you know, I just feel like I can ask him anything and, you know, we'll probably talk about, I don't know if he's playing in this game or not, but, you know, we'll talk about this start and, figure out what we can do to just improve off of things and you know he's just he's kind of there he's got so much knowledge he's, he's so smart he knows everything about the game and you know he just sees things he sees things differently so it's just a when you got somebody like that in your clubhouse who and he's somebody that you know you you go to battle with and he, he goes battle with you but you know you go to battle for him and um, you want to fight and win with, with, with that guy right by your side because you know he's out there he's giving it his all each and every day and you know he's working harder than than anybody in this clubhouse and that's that's what's you know kind of pretty inspiring about him
1: so Flaherty the Cardinals take game one now on to game number two Austin Gomber fine gave it uh, to the bullpen and for you know the most part of this season bullpen has been really good that's been a bright spot and something that the Cardinals can rely upon has been their bullpen but what is a huge loss right now and a major concern going into uh, the ball game and this series, and and who knows how much time is Giovanni Gallegos had to be taken from uh, the seventh inning of the ball game last night? We don't know about what's happening with him. He had to be lifted from the ball game, and uh, Mike Shield talked about that.
0: Uh, it's a growing, um, so it was pretty clear he we wasn't going to be able to continue. He's getting looked at. We'll have a better idea once we get some. Uh... Imaging and a little more time, but um, you know, clearly couldn't continue to compete. Which is right, I believe. It's one of his growings I'm not sure which one,
1: yeah So where do you go? Where do you go to close games out? Is it Alex Reyes, who was very good yesterday? John Gant. That's the immediate. Is it Miller? Maybe Carlos Martinez. I don't like that idea. I think with all the double headers up. And the fact that you've stretched him out as a starter, I think he stays in the rotation. It's probably on the table, though. It's being talked about. But uh, that's something the Cardinals have to think about. Let's go back to Yachty. Game number one, he comes up for the first time. The pitch was a ball, and yet he still hits it out of the ballpark. Two-run homer. Yachty, 2 nothing, St. Louis. You know that means something extra special to him. Yachty, you're wearing number 21, Um First of all, what does that number mean to you? What does that represent to you? Uh,
4: for every every Puerto Rican and every Latino, uh, it means a lot. I mean, this guy, Roy Tocamente, what he did for our country, for every every Latino people and Latino country, um, it was unbelievable. I mean, he was obviously a great player, but what he, what he did off the field, that's... That's the most important um, that we see. Um, I mean, just today was a special for me, for for the every Puerto Rican player. And um, just to hit a homer on his day, I mean, just a great honor.
1: Well, I saw you going around the bases. You kind of had a little smile, a little hop going around first, and then you kissed the patch yeah. uh, to to hit the home run on this day. And you've had so many special moments, but what did this uh, home run
4: mean to you? Right on top, right on top right there. I mean, obviously early before the game, I was praying, you know, like to have a, get, a good game and, and to get a win. Uh, but at the same time, I was hoping to, to do something special. And, and God, it's unbelievable the way he works. It's unbelievable. So I'm just happy, thankful for that moment.
1: When you talk to the other players and, and maybe some guys don't fully understand what Roberto meant to players like you or other guys from Puerto Rico, how do you try to explain the importance of what his legacy means to those that are from Puerto Rico and just how important he means to those that play baseball and even those that don't play baseball? What he means yeah. to those from the country?
4: Um, I recommend to to go and see his story. Um, Roberto the story, I mean, because this guy was unbelievable, like I said before, I mean, the way he got a buyer out, off the field, I mean, obviously everyone, everyone know him on the field, but off the field, I mean, the work that he put to to help the people, not only in Puerto Rico, but, uh, like I said, in the other country, Latino country, I mean, Dominican, Honduras, Nicaragua, I mean, go go out there and, and check, I mean, this guy is unbelievable, I mean, you can learn from that, that's what we we do since we, we raced in Puerto Rico. I mean, Royal Toquemeto was our best player down there. And um, right now, like I said, I mean, in this space here, it takes so long for the MLB to do it. But, I mean, I'm finally, they they did it. I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful for uh, for, for that. Um, and to be on the field wearing the 21, I mean, just a great honor.
1: You won the Roberto Clemente award, yes. and here we are in his day. And congratulations on that uh, a couple of years ago. To win that award, what did that mean to Yadier Molina and your family?
4: A lot. I mean, A lot. I mean, our foundation did great things in Puerto Rico. Here in San Luis, we, we've been doing some great things, too. Uh, but it means a lot. I mean, um, I didn't understand at first, you know, I think uh, Carlos Beltran winning, like, early on the years. Um, I mean, he told me, that he, he, I mean, it's a, great, uh, it's a great trophy, a great uh, great, award to have. Um, uh, uh, our foundation did a great job, you know, after Maria, Rio came to Maria, destroyed the island, and we went over there and helped people. And um, to have that honor, uh, to have that trophy at my home, is, is just special.
1: It's a pleasure to watch you play day in and day out. Thanks, Yadi. Thank you, Dan. Very cool. Yadier Molina after game one and his thoughts on Roberto Clemente day. I uh, Had the chance to throw the headset on him. Our audio courtesy of Fox Sports Midwest. He's now uh, with that home run 159. That's 10th all time in Cardinals history. In terms of hits, he's got 1,986. So very good shot to get to 2,000 uh, before this season is through. And I really believe 2,000 once he gets that that cements his case for the hall of fame from a national perspective. That is it. That's if you're on the fence, if you're a writer and you're not following him day in and day out, like we do that to me, Scotty, that's, that's it. 2000 hits that cements it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. If it's not already cemented already, Dan, I mean, for me right now, he's already a hall of famer. And once he gets to 2000, it's even furthermore. First ballot. You can, you can sign off and dot, all those eyes and cross all those t's. I mean, This guy is unbelievable. So when you
1: watch MLB Network, um, which I do religiously, and they're playing that home run, um, it just draws more attention to the career that he's had. And so then you see that he's passed Ted Simmons and he's 10th all time in Cardinal home runs and he passed Johnny Mize and you see the platinum gloves and the gold gloves And you see that he's been in postseason play umpteen times and he's part of two world championships and the longevity. I, I just think those kind of things from a national perspective on Clemente Day draws attention to his the entirety of his career. And so, yeah, it's special to him. But then from a national perspective, I just think those kind of things draw more attention to him. And that's very, very important.
2: I also think years from now, when we're watching back through some highlight videos of Yachty, that home run's going to be there. Of course. I think it's cool to look at the think about right now. Like, OK, yes, Yachty had a two run homer yesterday. But it's going to be so much bigger as we continue on. And from a national perspective, you're exactly right. I don't think people realize how important that is. I mean, we had, Ryan, huge deal. we had Ryan Fagan on the other week ago. You know, what's the national perspective of the Cardinals? Oh, they're that team that missed a bunch of games. So, like, we don't really know what's going on in local markets around Major League Baseball unless you're in that local market. So when
1: something like that happens, it's a big deal. So when I watch him play day in and day out, I see him and I've seen him for his... Um, I've seen him basically since he came up. I remember the day he came up, and I've done probably, oh, I don't know, 95% of his games. Like, I watch him. I watch the little things, the intangibles that don't show up 10th all time and, you know, a home run on Clemente Day. I, I mean, I've seen all those things, but I see the little things that he does. No one runs on him still. So if you're not watching him every day, you don't realize that. And so if you're a voter, sometimes I don't think you take into those, those things into account. And I'm telling you, the guy's a Hall of Famer. It's not even close, the little things that he does. And uh, I, I hope writers are taking that stuff into account and realizing how important he has been to this franchise for nearly two decades. He's been that good. And he is that good. And he's still that good. So... You know, looking forward, you know, when we go into November and December and one of the questions will be undoubtedly for the Cardinals. You know, what do you do with Yadier Molina, who wants to play beyond this year? He's publicly stated that Wainwright will be a question mark as well. Um, It's going to be interesting to see what happens, but uh, I would anticipate both those guys come back and will finish their careers as Cardinals. I do believe that, Um, you know, and I also say this, take it in while you can, because you're not going to see two guys like that come along very often. Especially Molina at that position. I the, the money is so great, too, that guys, I don't know what the motivation is to play and get beat up like that day in and day out. The I mean, love. He, it's the love of the game. Love I mean, to play for the Cardinals. Well That's the love of the game. They love playing for the game. They, they love the game. He loves to compete. You got to love to compete. I mean, he took a shot, I guess it was two nights ago, off his mask, and you're thinking... At least I was. Why are you still doing this? You made all the money in the world. You don't need to keep doing this. You'd love to compete. You'd love it. There's a innate burning in your belly and your heart that you love to compete and play the game of baseball. And that's why you do it. So there's no fans in the stands. The adulation isn't there. You love to compete. That's why you do it. So it's it's been, you know, as a young kid, if you're a parent out there and you got kids, you, you say, watch this guy play. You know, when we get back to having fans in the stands, take your kid down there and say, you got the chance to watch that guy play because you may not see another one like him come through this town. You may not. He's that good. Just like watching number five. You may never see a right handed hitter like him ever again. Best right handed hitter I've ever seen. Cabrera was in town yesterday. Might be the last time I ever see a guy like that. Miguel Cabrera is in his prime. He was unbelievable now he struck out three times in the respect that the Cardinals showed him yesterday first base was open and he had struck out three times in the game that's respect they walked him it's Miguel Cabrera I mean you don't see those kind of that's why it's it's still great to have baseball back because you're still seeing the great players Mike Trout watching him play seen him play a few times in person it's unbelievable to watch that guy play may never see a player like that again you know it that's why sports is wonderful to have it back but as it pertains to Yachty, we may never see a catcher like that come through again ever he's unbelievable what he does uh my guest is coming up that'll be tommy thrall and one of the things we're going to talk about is the cincinnati reds and the cincinnati reds are going to throw luis castillo luis castillo it's hard to believe. I mean, this guy was fantastic a year ago. He was one in five, or now he's one in five for the Cincinnati Reds. The Reds have to go 11 and five to get to 500 to finish this season. This is must win territory this weekend. So we had on Carricker and Smallman, I was filling in for Randy this week. We had Bobby Nightingale, who writes for the Cincinnati Inquirer. Here. He, uh, Inquirer. He's the beat writer for the Reds. And I asked him, what is going on with Luis Castillo? Why is he one in five this year?
0: He hasn't been as good as he has been, but I don't think he's as bad as his record says or his ERA says. It's one of those where, one, they haven't given him run support, and two, it seems like they always play their worst defense behind him. You know, it just always seems like when he's on the mound, they're making errors and they're making uh, sloppy plays. and. If you look at some of like the the advanced numbers that take away fielding, he's their best pitcher this year, uh, which says a lot when you have Trevor Bauer too uh, doing what he's doing. So it's one of those. Uh, he hasn't been he hasn't been dominant. He's not striking out a ton of guys. I think hitters are kind of catching on to what he does, and he throws his changeup more than anybody else in baseball. And I, I think hitters are doing a good job of preparing for that. But he hasn't been he hasn't been terrible. It's just one of those the reds just don't play well behind them
1: this year yeah we'll see if that carries over to tonight so castillo going tonight Slafani going tomorrow tyler malley is going on sunday so that means no trevor bauer cardinals miss him again cardinals will not see trevor bauer this year wow
2: 10 games right against the reds they yeah. won't see him one time
1: yeah don't see uh, trevor bauer hmm So the Reds are in town, and we will visit with Tommy Thrall. He is the play-by-play voice on the radio side, Cincinnati Reds, and that's coming up next on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac
0: in podcast form on 101 ESPN.
1: Cincinnati Reds are in town to take on the Cardinals. First of three this weekend, Luis Castillo against Adam Wainwright. You can see the game on Fox Sports Midwest beginning at 630 with the pregame show. Tommy Thrall is the radio play-by-play voice of the Cincinnati Reds. And Tommy joins us on 101 ESPN. Great to hear your voice, Tommy. Wish it could be in person, but thanks for coming on the air with me. I appreciate it. How are you?
0: I'm doing well, thanks. Thanks for having me. And hopefully sooner rather than later, we'll be able to get together.
1: Man, isn't that the truth. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Reds. How would you summarize what's happened this season with the Reds? Has it been good, bad, indifferent? How would you uh, summarize what's going on with Cincinnati?
0: I mean, I don't think there's any way to describe it other way uh, other than extremely disappointing. I, I really, you know, we, we've been talking about a little bit the last week or so on the air. I think the division's kind of played out. Pretty much like we thought, and and even around baseball, the teams I think that we thought were going to be pretty good have turned out to be pretty good. Um, The ones that have struggled, uh, you know, it was pretty much to be expected. I think the only outlier is the Reds. Uh, I don't think it was just blind optimism that, that had us thinking that this would be a good team, and I still think they are a very talented team. Uh, they just haven't been able to put it together on a consistent basis. And I mean, it goes in waves, even in individual games. I go back last night's a perfect example of kind of how the season's gone. They got off to a really good start. Uh, they, they had good swings against a young pitcher, um, great at bats, And then, you know, as the game went along, it, it felt like they kind of lost their approach offensively a little bit, got behind and then just couldn't catch up again. And And five runs is, you know that can be awfully deflating, especially after you have a three nothing lead. The Cubs scored five in the fourth, and they just they just couldn't get it going again after that. So it really goes back, I think, to the offense. The, the pitching at times has struggled. The, the starters, that they're always going to have their ups and downs, guys are going to have tough starts. Uh, the bullpen started off kind of kind of weak, and then they've really improved over the last few weeks. So I don't know that you can really point to the pitching. I just think it's been a little inconsistent offensively.
1: Yeah, why, why do you think that is? I mean, you get Castellanos, you get Moustakis, you have Joey Votto, even though he might be in the latter stages of his career. Suarez has 49 home runs last year. So you look at that lineup, it would seem to be a lineup in that ballpark too at home, after games at home, that you would produce a lot of offense, but yet it hasn't. Why do you think that's been the case?
0: Well, it, it's it's really when you when you look at the peripheral numbers, um, it, it, it they would tell you that it's been a lot of bad luck. Um, the the Reds, you know, that they, they've hit the ball hard. Um, the numbers bear that out. Um, they, they've they've you know they've barreled a lot of balls, but they're just they're hitting it right at guys right now. They're not falling, so that's one way to look at it. Uh, another way is you know I, I kind of compare them because it really stood out to me in the first series against the Cardinals in St. Louis. I think you guys do a good job of just stringing hits together, um, not afraid to just drop one in if you have to, just kind of stick your bat out there and, and push one the other way through a shift. And I, I think the teams that are doing that right now, the teams that are having a lot of success, it just doesn't seem like those are falling the reds right now um even in the attempts when they try to do that it just it still seems like they they find a way to hang up and somebody catches one or it's a ground ball maybe they do go the other way but there still happens to be the defender right there so uh maybe some bad luck i i I, you know you don't want to question the approach really but but sometimes you you see some swings and maybe they're a little bigger than what you what you would think for the situation so uh, it, it's tough. I, I It just doesn't really seem to make a lot of sense because you look at the names in the lineup and they certainly, the, the track records don't match up with the results that they're getting this year.
1: Tommy Thrall is the play-by-play voice of the Cincinnati Reds and uh, we got Luis Castillo going at one and five. How does that happen? He's so good. Last year he was so good and he's one and five. How does that happen?
0: I, it, that's another one that's, that's a little puzzling and he, he's Than the record. Um, You look at the ERA, it's not too bad, but it goes back, you know, again to the run support. He's just not been getting much run support because the Reds haven't been scoring many runs. They're, they're last in baseball and offensive production, both runs scored and team batting average. So it's, it's tough for guys to, to win games when they're just, their offense isn't putting up uh, much in terms of runs. So, he hasn't been as good as he was last year either. I think he was tinkering with a breaking ball earlier in the season that got him out of his rhythm a little bit. And he's, he's scaled back on that over his last couple of starts and he's been a lot better. In fact, his last start was his best start of the year. So I think scaling back on that and, and just focusing mainly on his fastball and change because his fastball is one of the best in baseball as far as getting swings and misses it, it's, it's up there among the very best It's top five, I think in the game. So He's relying more now on the fastball. The changeup is still outstanding. He's able to locate both a little better this year, but I think he was getting into into trouble with his breaking ball. That was getting him off his rhythm a little bit. He scaled back on that. He still got it, and now I think when he's using it, it's more effective because he's not using it as much. He'll start to sprinkle that in usually the second time through the order. So I think that's been a good adjustment for him, and hopefully he'll have better results tonight.
1: Yeah, when you look at this uh, team, it's it, for many years it was defined by Joey Votto. Where, where's Joey Votto right now in his career, and he still has a number of years remaining on that contract at a, a high dollar sign. Wh- where would you put Votto in his career?
0: You know, I think he just turned 37 yesterday, so I, I think that's that's kind of an indicator of of where he's at. You know, he's he's still the Reds' first baseman. Uh, he's not the same power guy that he used to used to be. Uh, he, he's more effective uh, when he's just kind of spraying singles, and he'll hit his occasional doubles. But and and he still has great plate discipline. The guy can still get on base. He still draws a lot of walks. That's that's never going to change with him. He's always going to be the guy kind of guy that can work a count, draw some walks. He, but you know the bat speed's just not the same as it used to be. So he doesn't have the same power that he did. But he's still. A guy that's capable of stringing together a three-hit night, um, and he his work ethic is as good as it has ever been. Sometimes I I look at him and think, man, I you know we're Joey and I are about the same age, and I, I, I think <laughs> to myself, I don't think I could work as hard as he does. I don't think my body could take it. Maybe he should scale back a little bit because that just that just seems painful.
1: It really does. Um, David Bell, how is he holding up? David was uh, with the Cardinals as a bench coach for a while, really good guy, and obviously Cincinnati roots. A lot of expectations going into this season, so how is he holding up with everything?
0: I think he's about as frustrated as anybody with the way things have gone. Uh, And, you know, like you said, he's a Cincinnati guy, so nobody wants to win more in this town than him. Uh, They really made a big push when they hired him to really focus – heavily on the analytics side and and he's, he's really done a nice job of committing to that. And, um, but it, it, the things just, they haven't played out the way uh, he had hoped he had expected. And so I think he's just as frustrated as anybody else, probably more so, because, because nobody wants to have success more than him. And like you said, he's a great guy. He's easy to root for. Um, He's easy to get along with. He's the most accommodating guy you could ever ask for, uh, out of a big league manager but uh things just haven't haven't gone the reds way so no doubt that's wearing on him a little bit
1: i get a kick out of trevor bauer i do <laughs> i i get a kick out of free joe kelly spikes uh i get a kick out of the t-shirts i get a kick out of all of it what, what, what you know how how do you guys approach uh trevor bauer
0: man he is especially while he's still going out and dealing the way he is i, I think everybody that kinda, helps i think it It definitely does. I think everybody's pretty amused by it. Um, Now, if the results aren't there, I I don't know that it's as well received. Uh, But, you know, when he's pitching the way he is, yeah, I I, I do. You know, I like the fact that he's not afraid to say what he thinks. And uh, his opinions aren't always the most popular. But at the end of the day, uh, I, I don't think when you match up Uh, opinions of every single person and and put them next to somebody. You won't find anybody that agrees with you on every single thing and every single opinion you have across the board. So he's not afraid if, if if somebody doesn't agree with with what he says, Uh, there's a lot that he does say that I do kind of agree with. So I, 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 you know, I see where he's coming from because I think he's right in that. We we really need to do a better job of showcasing personalities in the game of baseball. And that's what his whole mission is. He's not afraid to let his personality shine. And uh, he does a good job of that to his credit. And and that's what his uh, vlog is for that he has on YouTube to get to know guys on a more personal basis. But, you know, I think us in in the media, we kind of tend to, get frustrated with guys that really don't say much well he's a guy that'll say whatever you want him to say and he's not afraid to hold back so uh, you kind of have to have some respect for that at the same time
1: one of the guys that was uh coming back was Nick Sinzel where where is he in terms of the lineup and and trying to be an everyday player
0: I think there's some hope that he'll be back in this series um you know he was one of those in uh, this 2020 baseball season that went on the injured list for undisclosed reasons. So I think you can read between the lines and figure out what that is all about. Uh, the Reds did have a, a positive COVID test and, and he's been out uh, ever since the last two games, of the Pirates series uh, that there was a day off and then missed the first game of the Royals series. And then they doubled up there right before we came to St. Louis um, last month. And Sindel hasn't played since then. So, Uh, He's getting close. I know he's playing games at our alternate site. Uh, He's getting at bats there. He's still trying to work his way back into game shape because it's been so long since he played. And when the Reds need wins the way they do right now, you got to make sure when he gets back, he's, he's ready to go and and can contribute. But the, the thing that, you know, he's been sorely missed because the Reds just have not had a lot of offensive production out of the center field position. It has been a big hole in the Reds lineup. So, he will be a welcome addition uh, once he returns.
1: And the Reds made the move to get Archie Bradley. Are they using him more as a setup or closer, and, and or is it kind of a dual role with him?
0: Kind of a dual role. The, the thought is that he will close games when Rice sell Iglesias is, is, is unavailable. And, you know, the hope was down the stretch that the Reds would be winning a lot of games and they'd have a lot of need for both of those guys. Well, it hasn't played out that way since the trade deadline. So um, he, he's pitched a couple of times once I think in high leverage Uh, there was another time that uh, it looked like it might be a situation the eighth inning where where the Reds could use him went with Michael Lorenzen then Lorenzen got into trouble and they had to bring in Rice Iglesias for a five inning save that didn't work out Um, so it's kind of a a hybrid role I I think you'll see him used probably in some late inning close game situations uh, but but he hasn't he hasn't really been used in a closer role
1: yet I think Michael Lorenzen is one of the more fascinating players in the game. You know, you can put him in the outfield, you can pitch him, you can, and he's built better than anybody in the game. He's a great athlete. What's it like seeing him play every day?
0: It's it's great. You know, the, with the way the rules are this year and the expanded roster, exactly, they have the need to put him in the outfield as much. But when you're talking about a dynamic athlete like that, he's one of the fastest guys on the team. So he gives you the luxury of of being a pinch runner without having to use one of your bench guys. And in fact, we saw him come into a game I, I just like the creative ways that he can be used. And earlier this year, he pitched and then went into the game as, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm getting this right. He, he went into the game as uh no, no, no! That's what it was. He went in the game first as a pinch runner, and then went into the game as a pitcher. So he pinch ran for the DH, then entered the game as a pitcher. At that point, you lose the DH. But it was just it—it it was remarkable. It's a creative way to use him. Um, he opens up a lot of possibilities. But like I said, there's just not a lot of need uh, to use him in this season offensively. He struggled a little more last year offensively than he did the year before. Um, so. And it's so tough. I mean, to focus on pitching and hitting at the same time at the major league level is very, very challenging, but he's still a very dynamic defender. So like I said, he's got the great speed. You can use him as a pinch runner. David's used him a couple of times late defensively out in the outfield. So he gives you a lot of options, but he just hasn't, he hasn't been the same pitcher this year on the mound, and, and that's really where he's going to make his money.
1: Tommy, I'll wrap it up with this. Are you doing your games off a monitor at uh, the Great American Ballpark on the radio, or where, where are you doing your games?
0: That's exactly where we're doing them. We have, we've got two monitors set up in the booth at home, and uh, one of them is the high nine feet, and then we have this huge screen right in front of us that's the, the actual program game feed. So, We've been doing that, and uh, it certainly has its challenges. But overall, things have seemed to go pretty well
1: and, and fairly smoothly. You're on the radio, man. You can tell a bunch of lies, you know? <laughs> that's right. Just High fly ball. A well, maybe not. You know, it's caught by the shortstop. You know, that's it what you do.
0: It definitely has its uh, I'm sure you guys are experiencing the same same issues. It's There was a night where there was a stolen base, and we didn't see it. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah that, that, so those things will happen. Yeah. Um, And you just kind of have to train your eyes to look a little differently and and follow both screens a little more closely.
1: Oh, yeah, it's been unique, to say the least. Hey, Tommy, uh, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it, and best of luck down the stretch.
0: All right, thanks so much, Dan. We'll talk to you soon.
1: You got it. That's Tommy Thrall, the play-by-play voice of the Cincinnati Reds. We're back with more on 101 ESPN in just a moment.
0: More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN.
1: Carpenter and the Cardinals, though, could not hold on. Reds are in town tonight. Carpenter this season, 3-for-22 against Cincinnati. But he drove in, two last night in Game 2. We'll see if he's in the lineup against Castillo. The division races right now in the East. Atlanta leads Philly by 3. The Cubs lead the Cardinals by 3. And the Dodgers by 3.5 over the Padres. Cardinals have 21 games remaining in the next 17 days, and that's a lot. No off days, four doubleheaders, but every single one of their 21 games remaining is against a team that is currently under 500. So keep that in mind. Currently under 500. So they got three with Cincinnati. The winning percentage of the Reds, 432. They've got 10 left with Milwaukee, winning percentage of 463. Pittsburgh, they've got five with them, winning percentage of 341. Kansas City, winning percentage, they got three left with them, 378. Remember, remember, it's the top two teams in each division that go to postseason play. And the Cardinals really don't mind the doubleheaders. They're actually 8-6 and six in the doubleheaders. They're 11-12 and 12 when they're not playing a doubleheader kind of interesting now think about the cubs they have a much tougher schedule thanks to a bunch of the remaining games against the three best teams in the al central now they got three with milwaukee they've got two left with cleveland two against minnesota they got four at pittsburgh and then three at the white sox so Keep that in mind as we move forward. The Cardinals have had success against the Reds this year. They're 5-2 against Cincinnati. And you say, well, why have they done that? They have controlled the lineup of the Cincinnati Reds. The key, though, I was looking at the numbers. The key has been controlling their lineup. Moustakis, 0-59. Castellanos, 45 Winker was the hottest batter in baseball coming into the previous series in St. Louis. He's hitting 182 against St. Louis, Votto 259, Suarez 269. That's how you beat him. That's how you beat him. And the flip side of that is that Paul Goldschmidt, is on base percentage, over 30 at-bats against Cincinnati, 600. 600 against the Reds. So, you know, you think about them not controlling Goldschmidt and the fact that there's five guys, the big five guys of the Reds have been controlled by Cardinal pitching. Adam Wainwright, for whatever reason, has had some kind of issue against the Reds in his career. 10-12, 5.5 ERA against Cincinnati. Cardinals have won three straight games at Wainwright, though. He started against the Reds in four of their last five. Wainwright has allowed at least one home run in each of his last eight starts against the Reds. That's dating back to 2016, and the Cardinals face a hard thrower in Luis Castillo. He has got a fastball that's averaging about 97 miles an hour. So it's one of the third, I think he's third hardest uh, average fastball velocity. So keep that in mind. And some of the numbers going into the series tonight. Because I'm a numbers guy, I like to look up some of the stuff. Gives you some of the ideas to think about going into the series against the Cincinnati Reds. We'll cross it over. Ribs and BK coming up next on 101 ESPN.
0: More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN.
1: Crossover and Ribs and BK coming up the weekend just about here. we got Cardinal Baseball coming up. Great to see you, BK. Ribs back in studio. So what do we have coming up on Ribs and BK? Oh, did you see the Chiefs last night? Did you guys see the Chiefs last night? Who are hey, the Chiefs? I got to be honest. I, I I watched football. I'm, I'm going to get back into it because I'm afraid that there might not be any other sports, so I'm going to get back in the NFL. Um, I was saying on uh, Carricker and Smallman this morning. I was watching. I I just. I watched the crowd more than I watched anything. Yeah. I really did. I was just distracted by the crowd and just to see how they were doing it, the social distancing, were the was the crowd active, were they loud, was it part of it? And I, So yes, did I watch the Chiefs last night? The answer is yes. I probably found myself watching the crowd more so than I watched the game.
5: I get it, and I think this is the template for other sports. There's no doubt. We're going to start seeing, I bet you two weeks from now, we start seeing some stories trickle out of, Oh, it worked. Because you can't say after last night going into today that it works because we don't know yet exactly. what's going to come from what happened you last gotta night. you got to find out. no if it, idea. That's right. But if the numbers start spiking and there's some tracing that comes back, we can say to ourselves, okay, we probably should wait a little <laughs> while for that to take <laughs> that's place
6: elsewhere. Probably not going to work if that's the case. If exactly. they don't,
5: if they don't that's when you're going to start having the conversation elsewhere of, okay, maybe we can do this in open-air stadiums. And you start it out there, and then maybe if it works there, you can maybe work your way into the Blues, being able to do stuff like that. But they are going to be one of the templates to see if this works or not.
1: Don't think for a second every other sport was watching intently and how that worked, and then the Kansas City Chiefs are fielding a million calls this morning, okay, how did you do uh, parking, how did you take in your tickets, how are people going to the bathroom, how did they go get a popcorn and a soda, and all the different things that you do as a fan, and how did you prepare your food, and how did you hand out a food, all that stuff. Yeah,
6: I bet you somebody, or a team of people had a lot of work to do to get that ready.
1: Yeah,
5: I can't imagine how much went into what they were able to put on last night. And listen, we don't know. We weren't there. But from what we saw on television, it looked like it worked. I was concerned that we were going to see midway through the game, everybody just goes down to the lower level and they're just all sitting next to each other, right? It didn't look like that at all. It seemed like people more or less stayed in their seats and stayed where they were supposed to be. And I think that's half the battle for them. If they can get people to stay where they're supposed to be, the rest of it's this sounds strange, but kind of the easy part, like putting down the stickers to say when you're in line for your hot dog, you stand here. We can see that at the restaurant down the street. You see that at the grocery store right now. That stuff is all being used elsewhere. The tough part is how do you get the 17,000 people into the stadium right. and then how do you keep them where they're supposed to be once they get in?
1: Do you hear the uh, Kurt Warner interview? Yeah, he there talked again. about it. He and I I guess they're they, they talked about it on the broadcast, too, the wristbands that are yeah. being worn. How does that work? So that's mostly for the players and the coaches,
5: but once you get into any of the facilities, so the for the players, the coaches, training staff, whoever it is, anybody that is employed by the team, once you are in, you are wearing that wristband everywhere you go, and that is their ability to trace you. So everywhere that you have been, they know who you were near, how many people you were near at that given point in time. So if you were at any point to test positive, they don't have to, like, Major League Baseball is doing, ask all of your friends, where did you go? Mm -hmm. Or go to the assistant GM and say, hey, who was he around? No, they can look on their little computer program, and they will know immediately, here are the seven people that we need to quarantine right now. Yeah, it identifies
6: the wristband, identifies other guys' wristband, Mm -hmm. other people's wristbands. So if it comes in close proximity, it registers up. So like BK said, you don't even have to put any thought to it. You just download what's going on. And they were within five feet of this person, this person, this person. Boom, let's talk to them. It's pretty wild, man. Yeah. I'm
5: stunned that baseball hasn't hasn't uh, adopted this. It, Interesting. It's crazy to me. Yeah. Who do you have
1: coming up on the show?
5: We've got Sean Salisbury coming up at 1215. He is based out of Houston. I would love to get his reaction to what we saw last night. Deshaun Watson's one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't care what anybody says about what happened last night. I I feel like we are being robbed of watching one of the better young quarterbacks that I've seen in recent memory because of who his coach slash general manager is. So we'll get into that with uh, Sean Salisbury coming up at
1: 1215. Looking forward to it. Have a great weekend, guys. You do the same. Yes, got it. Dan,
5: you worked your ass off this week,
6: man. It's all you, good, deserve, man. you deserve the weekend. Yeah, you deserve the weekend off. You know, I mean, I'd like you to call the baseball game tonight because I enjoy hearing your voice. But after that, hey, a nice cocktail, sit back, relax, or Here's the deal. enjoy some family time.
1: You know what? Sports is back, baby. <laughs> I'm I'm just happy sports is back. It's all good. Dan, we're gonna have college
5: football soon. We've yeah. got the NFL on Sunday, like a full slate. We have FanDuel. FanDuel has a full slate of games for us on Promo Sunday. Promo code
6: Brandon, by the way, B R A N D O N W
1: X O S Randy, so they know I sent you. W-X-O-N. This is like Christmas for me, and it's
5: Brandon. That's B R B-R-A-N-D-O. A N D O N Brandon for your first. You put that deposit in. They're gonna. They're gonna help you out with everything else you need to do. W X O S Brandon B-R-A-N-D-O Fandle.com
1: 101 ESPN
5: You have been listening to the TV voice of the St. Louis
0: Cardinals Scoops with Danny Mack on 101 ESPN